0: You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 184. I called my husband and I said, hey, we need to come up with a business.
1: Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit.
2: Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. I have a special announcement for any of you in or around the Atlanta area. On November 8th through 11th, I'm going to be at the Ultimate Sugar Show. What fun to be around bakers of all sorts, professionals and those who are just starting their business in baking. If you're in the area, I do hope you join me there. We're going to be exhibiting as the Ribbon Print Company, and I'm also going to be conducting a class. It's called Don't Be Vanilla, Stand Out in Your Market. You can get all the information about the show, register, and apply for classes at www. Ultimate Sugar show. I hope to see you there. I also want to make sure that you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today. The announcements are all over. Let's dive into the show. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Sheila Horvath, who's the founder and owner of Heavenly Treats For You. Heavenly Treats For You is a custom gift basket company based in Nashville, Tennessee. Sheila's entrepreneurial spirit, hard work, and long hours have provided the leverage to go places she never thought her business could go. What was born out of the hospitality industry and a passion to design has blossomed into something quite amazing, touching so many people with a little basket of cheer. Sheila is proud to have earned the coveted gift designer certification. She's been featured on the cover of the gift basket industry magazine, Trends and Tips, and was keynote speaker at the 2017 National Gift Basket Convention. This year, Sheila added author to her list of accomplishments in the collaborated book, Simply Inspired. Sheila and Dan have been married for 35 years, and they have two boys and an adorable grandson, Gabriel. Sheila, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thanks, Sue, for having me today. I'm so excited about this. Me too. So Sheila, I'm going to have you describe yourself in a little bit of a different way, and that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to help us picture what your candle would look like, what color would it be, and what would be the motivational quote on your candle?
0: Thank you, Sue, for having me think that way. I've never thought about a candle in those thoughts, but I love it. <laughs> I like catch everybody with this
2: first question.
0: <laughs> yes. So. I love the fall time. So I think I would choose a candle that has more of the warm oranges and yellow colors to really kind of get you in the mood of the fall and the season that's coming up. I like citrus because I feel like that is a kind of awakening, fresh feeling. But then I would also add a touch of cinnamon to it just to give us that warm feeling of fall.
2: First, I have to ask you, so you're totally into the fall, mode right here. And it's September, so it's clearly fall. Yes. So when you're talking about the colors right here, I'm thinking of all the leaves changing color. Do they do that in Nashville? They do. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure. (laughs) That is one of the things that we love
0: about Nashville is there's four seasons. And so my husband and I were just talking about it should be getting that time when the leaves start to change in the fall colors. And some years are better than others, and I'm sure that's how you have it up there. But the yellows and the beautiful oranges and the vibrant reds that come out in the fall, it is absolutely probably my favorite time of year. Just the colors that just come out at you. But I love the spring and that citrus, knowing that, you know, it's the summer and the fresh feeling of the citrus smell. But then you have to add in that cinnamon to make it that fall, warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you have a cup of tea with some cinnamon in
2: it. So you've got a little bit of both those seasons in there. Yes. Love it. On that candle then, what would be a quote or some type of words that you live by?
0: I'm going to refer to a quote that I actually put in my book, the chapter that I help collaborate with some other peers in our industry. And it is people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that was Maya Angelou, I think is how you say her name. Right. And when I read that the first time, that really spoke volumes to me because that's exactly how I feel about my business. Our first thought when we created our business was we wanted to wow people and what better way to make them feel loved, thought of, just that feeling of being able to open up a gift and have that wow feeling that someone really did care enough to send me this. So I just thought that that quote speaks volumes for our company.
2: Totally aligns with your company overall, for sure. Let me take you back now, Sheila, to when you were thinking about a company. So before Heavenly Treats for You even started, how did you narrow in on this as being your business?
0: That's a really interesting question because as a stay-at-home mom, because at the time I had two boys and they were 10 years apart, so we were in different kind of mentalities. That had to be challenging because you're raising then two different age groups at the same time. Yes, it was interesting. Throughout both of their childhoods, I had been a volunteer at the school. I was on the PTA board and it seemed like I always got the positions where I had to provide gifts for the teachers. And so the last position that I held there was the president, and we had to do all these gifts for all the staff. And so I joked with my husband now that, you know, all those times that we put those hundreds of bags together with little goodies and ribbon on them, that was just setting me up for this business. The way the business actually came about was I did a ministry at our church where I helped with gifting for visiting ministers and guests that would come through our church for services and things. And so I took a basket to a hotel. And it was just filled with lots of little goodies and snacks and fruit and waters and things that I thought if I was at a hotel, I would want to get. And the general manager happened to be at the front desk and said, who does y'all's baskets? Because these are absolutely gorgeous. And it was actually the uh, church secretary that took it. And she said, well, it's a lady in our church and you know I'll let you know her name. And she said, well, does she have a business card? And so immediately the girl calls me and says, hey, we need a business card from you. And I'm thinking, what? And you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I did it. I said, you're kidding me, right? And she's like, no, you need to come up with a business. So I called my husband and I said, hey, we need to come up with a business. I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I remember one time I was making baby clothes, little bibs and things that had the fruit and veggies on it and came up with this whole little clever thing but just never took off. It was never really what I wanted to do. And so we kind of talked that evening and he said, well, what about something with being heavenly because it's church related? So we came up with the heavenly treats for you, the number four in the letter U. We wanted to play on something different. And so that's really how it began. It was one night we talked about it and the next day I started investigating how to go about starting a business. I had no clue because, again, I was a stay-at-home mom that just loved doing things like this and didn't have a clue on how to make money, just knew that I needed to do this. And that was my first account was that hotel because they wanted me to do their little amenity baskets. They didn't want anything big. They just wanted me to come in with some cute little things that they could give for when they had a problem with a room or if a VIP walked in, they wanted to be able to give them something. And so that's how Heavenly Treats for You came
2: about. So that was the trigger. That was the trigger. The hotel was the trigger and you never really thought about it. I find it amazing that in one night you decided on your name already, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you had experience because you had done these bags before for the school and all that. So that was really good. But you also talk about the fact that you had dabbled in a couple of other things, too, How did you have the confidence, or maybe I should say, did you have the confidence? Because we all know that doing something on the side and for a craft and a hobby and doing it for one moment in time is a lot different (laughs) than actually running a company where you're going to be surrounded by this all the time.
0: I would say that far as the confidence level, I probably never really had what a true confidence in what I could do until probably last three years. How long have you been in business? we celebrate our 10th year. Now we took a couple of years off because we had some moves and we can talk about that because it's an interesting story of how we ended up in Nashville. But I would say that first, I just was doing it for fun. I just thought this was the coolest thing that, hey, I've got a business, a, you know, a viable business here. And I would talk to these hotels and I'd get orders. And I really, that was not even the biggest income for me at the moment. It was all of the families at the church found out that, oh, wow, she does these great little baskets for baby showers. That was the biggie because everybody seemed to be having babies. And so I would come in with three or four designs and I would make them all unique. And the problem with that was everybody knew they were from me, but they really wasn't from me because I had been hired to do that. So I stopped going to the baby showers. I would come in. I would deliver my gift. I would deliver all the gifts that I got hired to do. And then I would leave because I did not want them to be going, oh, Sheila, we're so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Because it really was not from me. It was from the person. And I would say, oh, no, that's from such and such. So it was funny. But they knew my look. And I had no idea that I was actually creating that brand, really not even realizing that that's what I was doing
2: really important. So you were creating a brand. It's not just a gift basket, but it's a style of how you created your gifts, right? That developed over time that was really unique then to Heavenly Treats for you. Yes. So I call this as an example, and you've heard this before, Sheila, I'm sure, is this is one of your unique special powers because what your design looks like looks different from everybody else's.
0: Right. And as a young entrepreneur, I had no idea that's what was happening. I heard about branding. When we came up with that name, I knew immediately what look I wanted for my business cards and things like that. I knew I wanted it to be black. I wanted it to be gold. I wanted it to look very classy. I wanted it to be something that I always thought about. If Oprah found me, this would be one of her favorite things. So I wanted it to be a unique looking, classy product. And so when I contacted my niece, who I thought she was fabulous in marketing, she doesn't do that, but she did it on the side. And so I asked her, I said, hey, do you think you can come up with a logo? And so I kind of told her what I was looking black and gold. She created the stars that went along with it to kind of play on that heavenly And then we didn't really want to put gift baskets in there because I thought, you know, someday I may not be making gift baskets. I don't know where this is going. So we did it as the heavenly treats for you just to be different. And so that's really where it was born in that thought that I already knew what I wanted to
2: do, but I had no idea where it was actually going. Really smart on the name choice too, as you describe it, not limiting yourself. Right. Yeah. So take us back still to that first part of developing the company. So you did, really didn't know for sure what to do, but you were going to get started. And how lucky for you, you already had business. Right. You figured out what to do in terms of establishing the company. Okay. So how did you start establishing pricing? So when we first started the business, we were in Texas. And this will kind of
0: explain this because my husband got transferred to the Memphis area. And so we had lived in Texas for 20 something years. And that was where all my friends were. And when I first started pricing, I knew I needed to double whatever my cost was. I talked to different people and they were, oh, you got to double it. You got to double it. So I would always do that. But the problem with when I first started, I made everything so customized that I didn't really think it through. And I kept having people say, you need to make this where you can make multiples of something. But in my The infancy of this business was that it really was more custom. I was wanting to wow everybody. I wanted them to feel so special that they got something from me that I didn't want it to be duplicated. So at first, that's really where the direction was going was it's going to all be custom. But then I quickly learned that the time it took me to go shopping for each individual gift, that I really was not making anything by just doubling the price and spending all my time shopping. So when we moved to Memphis, I didn't have that network of friends that was supporting me. It was like starting the business over again. And so then I thought, okay, so now what do I do with this business? It's going, I'm still getting calls from people from Texas, but was not going to carry me. I had to get out and network. And so I joined all the chambers that were local and started trying to make it where I could somewhat repeat something, but I never really caught on with that. Does that make sense? Because I really was still in that custom, wanting to do everything special for that one order. Right. And so really, I never got into the corporate, even though I did the hotels. We were actually in South Haven, Mississippi, which is outside of Memphis. So I immediately started marketing to the hotels and picked up some hotels and was doing the same thing that I did in Texas. But I never really broke into that corporate arena until we were moved to Nashville and that's when I don't know if it just clicked or if I got tired of not making very much money on this business and thinking this is needs to be a viable business. And I can backtrack a little bit too about that because there was some circumstances that happened in our lives that changed what was happening dynamically in our family. And so I took a couple of years off because of my husband went through some illness And at the time, I thought, maybe I don't want to restart this business. Because really, when you move a business, you basically are restarting it. It may say the same name, but you have to go through the whole process of got to get your new license wherever you're at. So I feel like when I decided to go ahead and do this business a third time, that's what I always tell people. When I decided to do this business a third time, I really rethought things. And I thought, okay, I'm not doing it the way I did it the first two times because I made mistakes. Like I would go out and buy things that I thought just looked amazing together. But if you don't have a storefront, who's going to buy them? You have them on your shelves, but you're not marketing to anybody. I didn't have a website. I had a web page that just said, hey, contact me if you want something custom." But it didn't have anything that allowed them to order. And that was when things were really starting to get online and things like that. And so as we fast forward 10 years later, now I know that where the money is, is you make something that can be reproduced and you market to the masses versus the one. But you can
2: still customize that. Every gift that goes out is still customized. So you have like a base design that then you can add to or adjust based on what the order looks like?
0: A lot of times, yes. So now that we're in Nashville, we decided to go with a website where we can place orders. So we came up with some designs. And Nashville has been a really unique place to live because we tried, when we first moved here, we saw how there's such, everybody loves local. Everything is a local scene or there's a culture here. And I think it's because of the country music. It's hospitality is big here. So we really tried to focus on what makes Nashville unique. And so we pulled in some of the local products. They're big into Jack Daniels because, you know, Jack Daniels is made here. They're big into the goo-goos and the moon pies and the things that were, they're proud of their products, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so we pulled those into our designs and we came up with things that really spoke about Nashville. And then we started marketing to people that are having guests come to Nashville. So therefore we're marketing to that tourism and there's still a huge market that I haven't even tapped into for that. But we tried to figure out something that would make us stand out. And then
2: we came up with our signature gift. I want to get into the signature gift for sure. But first, I want to point out to Gift Biz listeners, there are a couple of things that maybe you're not in the gift basket industry, but you're a maker. A couple of things with Sheila's story that can apply to all of us. Sheila, I really liked when you were talking in the very beginning about your pricing. You had doubled it, but you really hadn't necessarily seen, well, all of the time that's going into acquiring the product, producing the product, maybe it needs to be more than that. So a good thing, gift biz listeners, to look at is what are the standards in your industry already? How do different products get priced? For example, like candles might be priced different than gift baskets because there's different type of labor involved back to candles. I always gravitate back to those candles, Sheila. Sorry. (laughs) But you know, if you're making your candles, that's going to be different than if you're buying candles to put in your gift shop, right? Right. But if you're making candles, you might also want a price because you might be wholesaling to a gift shop owner. So it extends from there. But so it's really good when you're in the early stages and you're just getting your product to market. Think about where you're trying to go with it. So that then you can get your price as close to accurate as possible. And of course, there's going to be adjustments. Sheila talked about that, how she saw as she evolved her business. I'm going to say businesses because you yes. had the three of them. Same name, but three places. But it's something good to think about in terms of what's going to be scalable and allow you to make money. Because if you're not going to be profitable long term, you're not going to stay in business. It's, right. That's just the whole thing there. So secondly, and I really love this also, is how you're talking about in Nashville ways to make your product unique. Again, I go back to this unique special power that I talk a lot about. And in your case, it was Nashville and the foods and the music and the whole vibe of the town. And it's so perfect, Sheila, because people then can talk about you in relation to that. Oh, she's the one who has the gifts that relate to Nashville. You can get products from Nashville, et cetera, et cetera. So it can be in food like Sheila's doing. It can be in the colors that your product has. It can be in your style, all different ways. And when you define that for your business, you're giving another way people can talk about you, which extends your visibility. It's not just, oh, this person has a jewelry shop or a pottery store. It's that, oh, they have a pottery store and they make these special shapes. All the pottery is shaped in some way like a leaf or whatever it is. So it gives a story to extend your visibility forward. Hopefully that makes sense. But that's exactly what you're doing, Sheila, is you're talking about Nashville here. And now I'm so excited because I want to get on. Let's talk about this signature product you have. And that is true. If you can make yourself
0: stand out, and have people word of mouth talking about you, that's how you'll grow. And that's really what happened to us was organically we have grown. I've done very little advertising towards that other than just on social media and just really talking about the products that we come up with.
2: I'm keeping you in suspense about this signature product just for a second so we can hear a word from our sponsor.
1: This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of The Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Our signature gift is a guitar
0: case. It's a gift box that's made in the shape of a guitar. So it's not a whole big true-to-life guitar. It's not, no. Just checking. Yes, because I've had people say, you're kidding me. You do it in a guitar case. And I joke with them, well, yeah, if you want to give me a big guitar case, I will fill that to be a giant gift basket. Their eyes just kind of pop out. You know, they're like, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> but, so it's a small little gift box that's in the shape of a guitar case. And I've had people say, oh, well, that's really something else. And I'm like, well, but it's, it's just showing the musical thing. It's a guitar case. OK, and what we do is we fill it in with local products. And then we personalize that and a lot of times too, if someone is really tells me my friend really likes sweet and savory and, but they really are a chocolate lover, then I'll put in maybe some extra goo or I'll put in some more moon pies or I'll put in, we have a chocolate shaped solid chocolate guitar that goes in there. And we've had it specially made for us with some gold on it that's on the outside of the chocolate. And so it's just beautiful. It looks wonderful in there. And again, playing on that theme of the country music and those things. And so we add all these lovely local products in there. And then we enclose it. Of course, if it's being shipped, we shrink wrap it, obviously, to make it protective. But we do. We ship these all over the 48 states. And then deliver them here to the hotels with cello and a big bow on it. And 99% of the time that they go out, and I will say 99 because there is occasional when somebody will say, no, I don't want any personalized ribbon on there. But we're a big ribbon printing company and love it. We'd stand by it. I mean, I, would, I don't know what I'd do without my ribbon print machine, but actually I have two. And so I would put welcome to Nashville or congratulations on your wedding. We've used them for weddings. We've used them for welcome gifts. We've used them for sympathy gifts, birthdays, you name it. The guitar case has gone out with something in it from Nashville. And it became our signature gift. And that's why we were actually featured on the magazine, our industry magazine, because I took an item that made sense in our city and took it and made it to be a signature gift that speaks about us. I would say, again, 90% of the time, if we give out a door prize to someone, it's usually in our guitar case because that's what they're expecting.
2: They want to have something that talks about us. That's our signature gift. So your business overall being 100%, what percentage of gifts are guitar cases, guitar case boxes? Sue, that is a great question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to say that it was 50%, but we've actually, I'm going to say probably what is surpassing my guitar case. And I would love to do the guitar cases all day long because they're fun to put together. Probably our best seller is our gable boxes. And again, we took Nashville, with the thought of Nashville, we took a craft gable box. And I don't know if, if everybody knows what a gable box is. No,
2: let's describe it.
0: So a gable box is a box that's like a six by four and about six inches tall, has little handles, little flaps that kind of fold in and the handles, they all connect and close up. So then it becomes a handle like a lunch box that you could maybe envision with a handle on top. And so what we do is we pack this little gable box and it works wonderful for hotels. It works for clients coming in from out of town. And really, it's just a small little taste of Nashville. We've got Snack Pack of Nashville. We've got Taste of Nashville. We name them all different kinds of names. And basically, we just put in some sweet and savory and some moon pies and some goo-goos. And again, usually our chocolate guitar gets in there somewhere or another. And we have a postcard of the city. So I wanted it to be where people that are traveling, maybe they don't want the guitar case because they're, and I do get this a lot of times, they'll say, well, they're flying. Maybe they don't want to do the guitars, but I will tell you, I have checked in with the hotels to see if they're getting left. And I have yet to have someone say, oh yeah, the guitar case was left. If you do a gift basket and you take a physical basket, they're going to get left. They're not going to try to pack those things and try to fly with them. But somehow or another, that guitar case usually gets home with them. <laughs> That's funny. But the Gable Box, it's more of a you could throw it away, but you can take the postcard off. So there's a little souvenir and then all these little goodies that come in there. And then, of course, we personalize it with their logo or their Welcome to Nashville, Jane Doe, or whatever the name is. I did do kind of a rough estimate last year, and it was the Gable Box that actually surpassed our guitar cases. But this year, it may be kind of running neck to neck, but I still think the Gables is probably past it because we've gotten quite a few orders of those lately. But you've
2: demonstrated the example that I was hoping would happen, and that is that your signature gift doesn't necessarily, it for sure doesn't mean that that's all you do, but it also doesn't need to be the most that you do either. What it is, is it's something that represents, falls in line with the brand And it provides something to talk about in relation to your business. That's the whole point. Yes.
0: And I think it draws them in because once I get to talking to people, I may suggest the guitar case or I may suggest the gable, but sometimes they'll say, you know, that's not quite what I want. Well, that I love that too, because I have some really unique containers because we've made ourselves known to not have your typical baskets. So we've come up with some unique repurposed containers that are trays that are made of wood. And again, when I go to market, I'm looking for things that to me speaks of Nashville. Now, I don't necessarily do all my business in Nashville because I'm shipping to all kinds of states, the 48 states, but I want when somebody sends something, they're sending it from Nashville. So chances are that gift's going to have some Nashville products in it. So I tend to lean towards what do I think describes Nashville when I pick containers and things like that.
2: Mm -hmm. I would also imagine that over time, you've gotten to know your customer better. So there was probably a point where you went off and you were buying things that didn't necessarily work. And now every year, probably, you know more and more about your customer. And my guess is that the customer also changes over time. They do. And this
0: year is going to be a really interesting year because we've been in business. We're going into our fourth year. And I've had some repeat customers in the holidays. And I noticed it last year that when they called me up for their order for the holidays, they ask me, do you have any new products? Well, what's new in the gifts? So I'm on the hunt. Every day I'm on the hunt for something new in Nashville. Because I love to buy local. I love to support these small businesses that are coming up. And as long as they provide me with a quality product, quality packaging, and meet all the criterias of a well-established business, if that makes sense. Because we don't want something that is made not by the standards that... For the health department or anything like that. So we have to be very choosy. And you need shelf life. Yes. And shelf life it can't be just something that's going to be good for a week. So we're always looking for things. But this year, we really have branched out a little bit. And I'm going to try it this season, see how it goes. But we found some wonderful products. We went to the market twice this year, Atlanta market, and we've been to the national gift basket convention. And so we found some unique products that we just fell in love with as a business. Love the taste, love the quality, love the packaging. It fits in a new look that we want to do. And so we're going to introduce those products this fall in our holiday lines just to see if people are receptive to it. Again, we still have our basic, wonderful Nashville-made products, Tennessee products. But we're just going to tweak things a little bit because we do have those repeat clients that maybe don't want to give the same products every year, but they want something new. And so this year, we're really stepping up our game. And the way I'm going to approach it to share with my clientele and on the social media is we're going to feature these products. And we're going to talk about how we fell in love with them at market because obviously all the businesses go to market. And we're going to talk about there's some things that just become our favorites. Oprah has her favorites and you have your highlighted gifts every fall or a holiday gifts that people identify the holidays with. And so we kind of want to come up with a way to say that these are the heavenly treats that we discovered this year. And so we're going to introduce those. I think what we're going to try to do is maybe weekly come up with a way in the next few weeks of just introducing a new product each week talk about how we're going to use it in a gift or several gifts. We're using some of them already. And I had an order go out this week that has some of the new cookies that we're going to use. And the reason we bought them was they came in such different color schemes of the packaging. And I'm so glad I discovered it because in this order, that's what the person was looking for, was something that would bring out her logo color, her company color. It was perfect. And I'm glad that I had decided to branch out and not just, sometimes we kind of, as finding our niche, don't feel like you have to stay totally in that lane because sometimes that can pigeonhole you and then you're stuck there and you can't go out of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to have little things that you can bring in. Obviously, I'm not going to put any of those products in something that says, Nashville Tennessee or the get you know something like that unless I ask the customer hey would you like to have other products that we have some favorites do you mind if we put those in those but I would never
2: pass it off as hey this is made in Tennessee does that make sense It makes total sense. And another thing that you brought up, and I just got to say, that's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is something that you're saying, Sheila, applies if you tweak it in just a little bit of a different way to every single listener here. So I want to just point out and underline this opportunity for people. If you're making a product locally that maybe goes for a gift basket or not even really, Look to see what other businesses in your area are focusing on locally made products, because that could be a place where either your product can be in their store, you can be in someone's gift box or gift basket. Extend that way too, because it's true. And I see a trend, Sheila, I don't think it's just gift baskets, but people are looking for locally made products because the carbon footprint is even smaller than just American made. Right. People are liking supporting small businesses in their areas. And let's face it, you get to a point where you get limited because there's not as much selection locally as there is nationwide. Right. So huge opportunity if you make anything that's in your area that could be in a gift basket, in a gift shop, in an art store, all of that. Reach out to those people because you're local. There's a huge opportunity there. And as Sheila was saying, she's searching for that. And if you are just so fortunate to be in Nashville and you make anything, especially if it's consumable, you've got to talk to Sheila.
0: Yes. (laughs) because she may need you. (laughs) I would. I would love to talk to them. And I just was talking to somebody that wanted to start a toffee business. And I explained to her up front, I said, you could make toffee and you could put it in a little bag and get by with the minimum amount of cost in your packaging. But I said, if you will up front, you know, you have a good product, then go ahead and spend the extra money to develop the product in some kind of real eye-catching packaging. Yeah, land your packaging. Because if you do that and you have a great product, those two go hand in hand because that's what I'm looking for. And there's lots of products out there that is just delicious. I go to farmer's markets, but the packaging is not there. And so I don't wanna have to take the time to repackage something because obviously I don't wanna handle any kind of food or the expense of me having to buy another box to hide it in there. I have some people that talk about that. Oh, well, we'll just put it in another box. That's cost right there. And that's time of me having to take that and put it in another box. So to me, I would rather search out good products with good packaging and great taste. And I'll promote you. If you're new and you're doing this in Nashville, please let me know because I'm looking for new things. I love seeing new businesses start. And if they do have that vision of really making that package, then you bet you I'm going to offer them in my basket. Because, again, that's helping someone start their business just like I was starting my business 10 years ago.
2: Well, and it helps you as well because you're looking for new products all the time. Yes. Because you always want to be able to offer something new. Because anytime you have a new product, you have a new story to tell your customers exactly especially those corporate clients you want to get back into it's another way to get back in you've got a new product you want them to know about right okay Sheila talk to us about a challenging time I know it's not been all beautiful Nashville guitars (laughs) you know there's been something that's been a problem or frustrating along the way yes can you bring us to one of those points in time and talk us through that I'll talk about one major thing that happened in our lives.
0: It definitely changed the dynamics of the way we did our business was in 2013. Well, in 2012, we knew we were moving to Nashville. 2013, my husband became ill. And so that's why we took the two years off to see what was going to happen with that. And since 2013, my husband has gone through cancer and just recently had, last year, another secondary cancer that came about. and. If I can say anything, if you can go through what we have gone through as far as dealing with all of that and still running our business, we did more business last year than we did the two years before. It was just a phenomenal year. And the whole year, we were dealing with my husband's cancer because in the beginning of last year, he had to have a second stem cell transplant. And then by the end of October, 1st of November, he started getting sick again and we didn't know what was going on. And by like two weeks before Christmas, we knew he had a secondary cancer. And so this whole time, I had my biggest fourth quarter I'd ever had. I actually sold more in my fourth quarter than I did the previous year. To look back now, it's kind of mind boggling that we were able to do this. So how did you? It was really interesting because I would work the business. I'd get all these orders in and we were going back and forth to the hospital. And then after Thanksgiving, he actually was in the hospital 19 days. And so I would stay at home and I would check all the orders in. And I had a couple of girls that would come in and help occasionally. I wouldn't have made it without them. And so I would take, if I had a large order, I would take spools of ribbon with me in a bag and I was very particular about it touching anything. It only touched me. Okay, so let's get that straight. I didn't have ribbon on the floors or, you know, the hospital because I am actually a germ freak now. My kids tell me that. But going through all the things that we do with my husband, you just become that. You're constantly washing your hands and stuff. But anyway, I would take rolls of ribbon and I would sit and I would make my bows and put them in. I'd have a different bag and I had all these bows. And it was quite interesting to the doctors when they would come in to talk to us they would be like, what are you doing with all these boats? And then I would tell them, well, I have a gift basket business. I just got this huge order and I've got to go home and do this. Their eyes would almost like pop out because they're like, and you're running this business. And I said, yeah. And I'd bring my laptop and I would converse with clients and then I'd go home and try to put these things together. And of course, Dan was supportive of that all the way. He was very supportive. He just has been amazing. He actually, through it all, he has been probably my best cheerleader, always telling me you can do great things because we've just always been that way. 35 years of marriage, you know, you come to know each other very well. But yeah, I really would say no matter what your circumstances, you can make it work. It may not be the easiest.
2: You also have a choice because from your story, I'm hearing two different ways of approaching this. The first time you took two years off because you felt you needed to. Yes. Which when you have your own business, you can do that, right? You take a step back in your business a little bit. Andy Malone talks about that in her episode. I'll have to connect that up in the show notes, but she's talked about that a little bit too. Life situations, let's face it, we all have it. Sometimes you do need to disconnect. It's just the right thing for you. But so Sheila, you've done both because you did it one way. And then most recently, you kept going through it and look at the results that you're talking about.
0: Right. And I will say the two years we took off was actually the transitional time anyway, because my husband was already working in Nashville and I was in Memphis area trying to get the house sold. So I was working the business, but it was never that
2: period of the time. You were going to be closing down there anyway.
0: We were closing it down, It was never a successful area. It was just, I don't know why it never connected, but we never really felt like we were very successful and we were there three and a half years. And so I was able to, he got sick in February and this is how crazy it was because I kind of knew we were going to be moving. I thought we was going to move in October because we just thought we'd sell our house really quick and just get relocated. But God always has a plan. And that's what I always talk about is his plan was not our plan at that time. And so we were able to just back up the dates and close the business as of the end of that year, because I never got an order the first of the year, which I thought was really crazy because it was around Valentine's and I really hadn't told a whole lot of people that I was going to be leaving, but it just was one of those things that it was all orchestrated, I think. And so when Dan got sick, then my focus was, because this was very life shattering news we got, we had no idea that he had cancer and no idea that he was gonna have to learn to walk because he had surgery from a spinal uh, tumor on his spine. And so it was a great time to just say, okay, I'm done. I'm taking a break. We're closing the business. So Fast forward six months, we moved to Nashville into an apartment. Well, obviously, I'm not going to be able to run a business in an apartment. So I kept everything in storage. I actually had thought about just selling it all. Just close that chapter. It's not going to happen. My husband, on the other hand, was like, no, just keep a few things because you may go back into business. It took me a year and a half living here to when I started getting calls from the clients before from Texas and Memphis Hey, are you back in business? And then, again, being involved in a church where they said, Hey, we know you used to do this. Would you mind doing some gifts for us for the visiting minister? So then I started doing that again. And then a neighbor was a realtor. And she's like, you know, I wish I had a closing gift. So it was like the stars aligned again. And it was time. And I actually wasn't ready to take the plunge. But I went away on a girl's weekend to meet a friend from Texas. And my husband, I come back and he said, Oh, by the way, I've got your LLC signed up. You are back in business. (laughs) You need to go to downtown Nashville and get your business license. It's time to go back into business. So he was the one that really pushed me to start it. But we had been hearing lots of things. Oh my gosh, you need to do a business here in Nashville. It is the place to be. And so I will tell you that first six months, was incredible. I probably made more in the first six months than I ever did in the beginning of my business. And I really realized what the value of being able to duplicate something and to market the clientele of the corporate world. That was the game changer. Using local products, using something that can be multiplied and really going after the corporate world. That is what totally
2: changed our business that is the golden nugget for a gift basket business, for sure. So, (laughs) Sheila, as I'm listening to the story, do you realize that you might have been trying to get away from the business, but the business keeps finding you again and again and again, right? (laughs) I had
0: someone tell me, they said, you know, you're so resilient. And I thought, I've never used that word. I've never even thought of myself as that. But, you know, when somebody else is looking in and seeing what all we've done with the business, I can see where now I've kind of taken a step back and I am just amazed at where this business has gone in the three years that we've been here. To me, it's very mind boggling. My husband just had this conversation and we're like, wow. But when you are planted, and this, is, this really goes back to it, when you are planted in the right place, because I really feel like God had a planted where we're planted in the community even with his where he works I mean there's a whole story I should write a book about it because it's just amazing the journey that we've taken in the 5 years that we've been here but if you really can find that niche that lane and just stay focused on that lane of where you're going and have that prize at the end it's amazing there's going to be distractions there's always distractions there's days that I don't even feel like I even got anything accomplished But you know what? You just keep plugging each day by day. You're going to get there.
2: Absolutely. Okay, Sheila, I have a brand new question. I might make this a regular question, but it just came to me and you're the first one who gets to answer it. Are you ready? Uh Uh-oh. Yes. Are you worried? (laughs) I am, but you know, hey, let's go for it. Maybe you should be. I'm not sure. Let's try this out. (laughs) Okay, gift baskets aside, so forget about your product. What is it that you love about being in business? Good question. I
0: think it's actually finding that I can be successful in something. And the reason I say that is as a stay at home mom, I didn't finish college because I decided, you know, I wanted to raise a family. I never pursued a career. And we've looked back over that, especially with going through my husband's illness. We were like, oh, man, maybe we should have taken the time for me to establish a career. Because what if something happens to you? Are we going to be taken care of? Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. So because of the journey we've gone on, it's made me question what I've done for the last 35 years. But with what's happened in the last three years and seeing that I can take this business from me just making a gift basket or whatever it would be, and turning it around and marketing it and networking and meeting people. Because every day I meet someone new, or at least every week, I meet someone new and I look back and I think, gosh, I can't believe I met that person. Or how in the world did I meet that person? You know, there's just some things that just come about and you just shake your head like, wow.
2: It's just amazement, right? Like you you can't even imagine that it's happening.
0: Right. And then the last year and a half, all the things that's happened, it started, I guess, last spring when I found out I was on the cover of that magazine. That blew me away because I'm not one to ever boast about what I'm doing. I'm just not. That's not my personality. But you get to here. That's kind of the point. <laughs> and that's hard for me. But I am saying it is amazing because don't lose sight of what you really want to do. If And to me, it was I wanted to be successful in whatever I did because I had started little businesses where I never made any money and I didn't know what I really wanted to do. And it was just a way to bring in some income to play, you know, have play money is what I would call it. My fun money that I would go out with my friends to have lunch with or whatever. And being a stay-at-home mom, there is lots of people out there and I never want to change that again. I mean, I don't regret not going to college. Sometimes I do because I think, oh, I should have a degree behind my name. But I don't regret that time I spent with my kids because I feel like that was my calling. That's what I wanted to do. And so now that I'm in this different phase of life, this is a perfect opportunity for me to take this business wherever it's supposed to go.
2: Absolutely. And the other thing that I see with you is not only that, but so now you're in a position where you're successful, but you're still investing in your further development. Look, you go to the conferences, right? You're part of my Makers MBA program. So all things to continue to build and grow as a person. Right. What's your thinking on all of that? Why are you doing that when you're successful right now? I feel like there's always something
0: new to learn. And I'll go back to one thing that happened to me that I think was a game changer. When I decided to do that third time, jump in again, of course, my husband pushed me for that. Within (laughs) a month of that, when we decided, there was the convention for the National Gift Basket. And I was not going to go because I thought, I don't have the money to do that. It was like, I just started this business back up. But my husband was like, you know what, go. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have the opportunity to go talk to all these successful people. And of course, everybody was excited to see me back because I had made some really lifelong friends there. And I thought, okay, when I talked to these successful people, and Sue, you were one of them, and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember walking into the hotel and it was like, it was almost like I felt like I was coming home. I do remember. There was people in the lobby sitting and they jumped up and they're like, "Oh my gosh, Sheila." And then there was Terry and there was you and I'm trying to remember who else. Claudia. And we all went over and had lunch. Yes, you were over there. It was before the conference. Yeah. It was before the conference and I remember you guys just kind of wrapped. It was like I was being wrapped in love from you guys. And it would been it had been such a t- uh, I guess that was in 2000 15, when we started it, I think that's right. But it was such a period of time where I was tired. I mean, you know, we'd gone through this craziness with my husband. And I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it was just this, like you're coming home, like a reunion. But one thing I'll never forget is I decided, and I don't remember if it was something that I thought about on the flight over, because it's, you know, it's a long flight over to, where were we? Las Vegas, I think is where it was. And so, but I thought, I'm just going to ask everybody if they had an opportunity to start their business a third time, like I'm doing, what would you do different? And everybody talked about was making sure that whatever you create is reproducible and making sure that you're actually making money. You know, first of all, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing to make it worthwhile, I guess is really what it was. And so everybody I talked to, That was what I'd say. Okay. So if you have a chance, could you remake, you know, what would you do differently? And so it was an inspiration. I guess I was trying to figure out how to make this business viable, because even at that time, we were not sure how long my husband had. I mean, he was doing okay at the time, but given that we still don't, we live day by day of what's going to happen in the future. So I think with just trying to learn more ways of making it better, when I go to these conferences or when I do your calls that you do, it's always trying to figure out, is there something else that I should be doing? Is there another process that would maybe make things a little bit more flowing, you know, as a gift basket person? And now that we're getting big orders coming in, what's the processes that we're using? Are they the right ones? Because hiring people now, and I need to make sure that's a whole nother Oh, that could be a whole nother podcast of how hiring people and just making sure that you are actually conveying what's in your head because you're the owner, the business, you're the designer, you're everything. Mm -hmm. And trying to convey that information to somebody that's working for you and to actually release some of this. I had someone here today working in my office a month ago. I would have said, no way. Mm -mm. Now they're not touching my space. But when you get to a point where you are growing this business faster than you can really handle as the one person, you begin to say, okay, I can release that. I can release that. I I can have you answer that email for me. So to me, that's really what I guess is learning about how to be a boss, how to take this to the next level. Does that answer your question? (laughs)
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, there's always the development, there's always the next step. And I think, you know, I've been talking a lot lately about what got you to where you are at one point, isn't the same skill processes, or any of that, to get you to the next place, like doing just more of what you're already doing, doesn't scale bigger and bigger and bigger, you have to change what you're doing. And why not learn from people who have already been there, you know, and that speaks to you talking about community. And then, of course, all the value community can bring when you found your home, the support and the love and knowing that you're supposed to be there and everyone has your best interests at heart, too. Right. All right. So I'm going to circle this back and we're going to have to start winding down, although I could still talk to you for like (laughs) ever, but we are going to wind it down a little bit. And to do that, I want to offer you a gift because you have given us so much great information today, Sheila, by sharing your story. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. And maybe I want to say heavenly heights that you yes. wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? Wow.
0: Well, first of all, let me describe the box. Of course you're going to describe Is it a box
2: or is it a basket or is it a guitar?
0: No, it's a box. And I would say that it's probably a very elegant box with a beautiful bow on top because we all love bows. I'm going to say that as far as my dream of what this business is going to be would be if we could talk about Nashville. And you always have the different go-to. How do I say this? If somebody knows they need to ship a gift to somebody. There's certain businesses that's been a business for a long time. My goal and my dream would be to be
2: that go-to basket. So the one that everyone defaults to. Everybody knows and it's just an automatic, well, that's who you're going to go to. Yes. Well, it means you're going to need more employees too, Sheila. Exactly. (laughs) So you're going to have to think about that a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Again, a lot of people
0: ask me, am I going to ever have a storefront? I don't know that that's the journey that we want to go to because we want to be able to grow the business, but we also want to keep it that personal It needs to be a business that you can still personalize. Every client is still that personal touch that we would still give to every client that comes in or talks to us. We still want that personal touch because that's what I'm finding. I'm hearing that some of the companies are not that way anymore. They've gotten so big. Their scalability was they grew too fast. They weren't able to handle each client and still be able to meet with that client. This is one of the things that sets us apart right now is I will meet with that client and I'll bring them a sample basket and we'll talk about the products and we'll figure out what color scheme they want to go to and I take that time to really develop that relationship with that client. And so as we grow and if you're giving me that gift, my dream would be to still hold on to that personalization, that personal touch that we can give to our clients but yet be that go-to for Nashville or the South, you know, whoever. I mean, we'd like to be Oprah's favorite gift.
2: (laughs) Right. You said that a couple of times, which is, but that's, no, that's good because that's putting it out there. So that's perfect. And, you know, you've alluded to this whole idea of customization yet, I mean, not customization, but growing, but staying personal. And the very first step to doing that is recognizing that that's what you want. Right. You could lose it so quickly. If you hadn't already defined that, that was something that you guys hold close as a real value for the business. Right. Okay. So, Sheila, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to know more about you or your business?
0: Well, they can find us by Facebook. We are Heavenly Treats for You. I believe it's just Heavenly Treats for You, and then we're on Instagram, Heavenly Treats for You. Our website is Heavenly Treats for You. The number four, the letter U. dot
2: com. Well, Sheila, thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time, sharing your story, both from the business end and adding in the personal, because let's face it, none of our businesses are just one or the other. They're all part of our life. So it mingles together, even though sometimes we all think that we can keep it separate. It just doesn't work. But you've shared so many great things. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to just say, may that Nashville guitar gifting carry on. Yes. Thank you,
0: Sue, for having us. We appreciate it.
1: This episode is all wrapped up, but your gift biz journey continues. It's your time to experience the pride and satisfaction of turning your passion into a profitable business. Join the Maker's MBA program and access training modules, downloadable worksheets, and weekly live and recorded Q&A sessions addressing your specific challenges. You also have the opportunity to connect with a community of creators just like you. Head over to giftbizunwrapped.com makersmba to join today. And until next time, happy business crafting.